All right, we're live right now from. Oh, what? Who, why is that white man on the screen? <laughs> Get him off the screen. Wait a minute. Okay, that's my whole blow up. <laughs> we're live from Atlanta and Detroit. This is episode forty of the Everybody Mad the Live podcast. It's Thursday, February the eighteenth. We're still in twenty twenty one. Don't it feel like it's already been like past two months of a year? But it's the eighteenth day of Black History Month. Day 29 of the Biden administration and the last day of Aquarius season because Aquarius is the best zodiac sign ever. I mean, if not for Aquarius, the world would not even function because okay. we are the true philanthropists of the world. <laughs> My name is Sam Lover. How you doing this evening? What's happening, everybody? I'm Kenya Kabeen. Welcome to the Everybody Mad Live podcast. Really appreciate you all checking us out. We got a hot show lined up for you. Lots of hot topics, lots of great guests. Coming up on this episode, Texas is a mess. We're going to be talking about what's going down out in Texas. Plus, we're also going to be talking about your boy Donald Trump. His impeachment verdict is in. We have details on that. We're also going to talk about how uh, Karens can have their own uh, system, too, because uh, Central Park Karen uh, was able to get off uh, of her issue uh, with just what I would consider a warning. Don't wouldn't you consider that a warning? Yeah, pretty much. So we're going to be talking about that. Also, it is Gorilla Glue. She is back and she is threatening a lawsuit. But you won't believe against who. So we're going to tell you about that, man. Gorilla Glue, man. She's just milking this, isn't she, bro? Yeah, but she got her hair. I was surprised, like when the doctor did that successful surgery, that she had she he she was able to retain that hair because I was like, yeah, she's gonna be bald. I don't, I don't know what's gonna go on with that scalp. I don't know what's what she's gonna have to do, but like that hair is pretty much gone because because she was tapping on that head. That that hair was hard as yeah. as like plastic, you know. So yeah. I, I like I just knew that hair was gone, but uh, he saved it, and uh, now she's going to the next phase because she has a manager now uh, that we know of, and uh, what. What? what she do? She she got a manager, uh, and uh, but but she's also giving the money away. But we'll go a little bit deeper into her story uh, later, and then two uh, we have the money matters episode because uh, we got to get our money right. Since we're talking about gorilla glue, we don't want people to get into their own little schemes because some people say this this was a scheme that gorilla glue girl did so she could get famous and milk it with the yeah. GoFundMe and di- different stuff. So we're going to talk about how you don't have to get a GoFundMe account to live your life with some uh, financial advisors. Yeah, definitely. We're going to be joined by uh, some people on my team, some amazing people down here in Atlanta to discuss financial and wealth planning with Miss Diana Avery of Avery Financial Services. And then we'll also have an in-depth conversation about real estate investing with Simeon Thomas. That's my big brother of JMT Contracting and Investments LLC. Now, don't forget to hit the like button and share. Tell everybody right now to be checking us out because we are live right now on Facebook Live. But, you know, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. Yep. Do all that stuff. Or if you're listening, we're on all the uh, podcasts, Apple, Spotify. Uh, we're on the Google podcast, the iHeart Network. Tune in wherever you are. Subscribe to that and hit the uh, subscribe button. So that way we can elevate black voices because uh, black people, we need to tell our own story in our own way, in every single way. So this just helps us do that. Um, and matter of fact, any black podcast you see, share that. Yeah. Always share black podcasts because that's another voice that we need. We don't have enough black people out there saying our story, our truth, mm-hmm. and all that things. So that's what you're doing. You're helping us spread the word. So without further ado, let's get into the show because I'm I'm a I'm gonna try and not be so uh 
so uh, Alex, since you got your guest here, since you got your financial planner uh, that'll be joining us, I'm a I'm gonna be on my uh, P's and Q's, and I'm not gonna act crazy. And um... <laughs> you act crazy all the time. But besides, bro, where's your glass of wine? Because isn't it like uh like oh wine? it is National Drink Wine Day. Drink Wine Day. Hold on. You can go on and start the show. I'm gonna get this wine going. Mm, that's pretty good too. Oh, you're. Why, why you ain't tell nobody that you was? I, I thought we was gonna get on and do a little toast. For we ain't really got nothing to toast. Yeah, I mean, we got to toast that we're here. We're alive. We're doing well. Okay. We are truly blessed. We have roofs over our head, Obviously. and we have we have we have a, a an amazing podcast. We got great people around us, and we're we got love around us. So let's toast to that, brother. Bet, bet that. Yes, sir. I'm about to fill this up. I don't know. I'm gonna drink wine. So I don't know how long you supposed to pour. Hey, no, yeah, right about there because I'm telling you, wine will get you there faster than liquor and alcohol, bro. I'm telling you, like I know it's I know it's considered alcohol, but what I'm saying is, wine will get you there faster than vodka, brown liquor, all that really? stuff. You just drink this whole. I'm telling you, bro. By the end of the show, I don't drink, so uh, good luck with the show. Oh man, it's going down. Everybody, Mad Live Podcast, leave your comments. Let us know your thoughts on the show. And even if you want to join on uh, live with us, don't forget you can do that. Hit that link right there, solo.2 slash everybody mad. Shouts out to everybody checking us out. Let's go ahead and jump everything off. Yo, we got some sad news to report. This is breaking news. Hip hop has suffered another loss. Mark Anthony Morales, better known as Prince Marky D, of one of my favorite hip hop groups back in the day, the Fat Boys, has suddenly died. He was 52 years old, one of the first Puerto Rican rappers to blow up. He first came into prominence as one third of the Fat Boys, which was, like I said, one of my favorite groups. This was like actually like one of the first rap groups to go pop back in the day. And as a songwriter producer, after he left the Fat Boys, he went on to write and produce joints for Mary J. Blige, Jennifer Lopez, Mariah Carey, and Craig Mack. So the Everybody Mad Live podcast right. would like to offer condolences to the family and friends of Prince Marky D. Like, Sam, let me tell you something, bro. When I, when I saw this in, in the show prep lineup, you know, in the stories that we're talking about, I was like, dang, because I grew up like the Fat Boys. Before there was Biggie Smalls, before there was Heavy D, we had the Fat Boys, and as a big brother, they were like someone that I looked up to. You know, like how the big girls look up to Lizzo? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I looked up to the Fat Boys because, you know, they were cool, they had the swag, they could dance, yeah, and they, they had skills too. So I used to love all the Fat Boy jo yeah. joints back in the day. So it's just sad, man. Life is yeah, short, yeah. so that's why I'm saying, like, we're toasting to, to, to just being alive life. and being healthy, man life yeah i was uh i know i've lost some weight now but uh when i was young i shopped at the husky section too so uh you know what i'm saying like i was always a fan of the uh the uh, fat boys because like they met and then they hang out with the movie with the orderlies and then the disorderlies. so that just uh, put them on the map not only just what they did just but what they represented and then they were just fun like that's back during the time where rap was just fun and what hardcore wasn't wasn't any animosity or anything like that so uh that's one of the people that we looked up to uh so uh definitely shouts out to the family and the uh, friends and the fans of uh prince marky d i'm so sad man 2021 is starting off like 2020 yeah like 20 just like 2020 it's, it's, it's just gonna be one of those things so just gotta celebrate the best you can I know, definitely, man. Well, you know, shouts out to everybody in Texas. Our prayers with everybody in Texas right now. Yeah. It is a mess right now, said 
as you know, much of Central and Southern uh, Southern United States was hit hard by frigid Arctic yeah. air and a winter storm. And what makes it worse, it was all in Texas. Right now, millions of Texas residents have been without electricity for days amid record-setting cold temperatures and widespread blackouts. And no electricity means no heat. It is unbearably cold out there right now. And officials warn that there may be further power outages as systems come back online. Why, why, but I want to know why is Texas going without power right now? And in America, what's, what's, what's the deal with that, bro? Texas, uh, years ago, they uh, were big fans of deregulation. Uh, that's a part of uh, what a lot of the um, kind of Republicans do. They want to take out regulations and then start to privatize stuff. So, um, hold on, let me see if I can find the, uh, the uh, picture. But um, it's, it's essentially uh, what Texas has done um, is they've created their own power system for, for themselves. So uh, with their own power system, uh, they do not have to uh, coordinate uh, with the United States or the rest of the uh, states. They don't have to answer to anybody. They don't have any regulatory body uh, that stands in front of them. So anything that they do is based on what they do, because Texas in this instance is their own state. Let me uh, bring up this uh, screen if you can see it. They're kind of like their own country, you know, even though they're safe, they're kind of like their own country, like where they just, wow, that's I, I never knew that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know it until then. But if you see that, uh, you see the Eastern Connect. Most of us, we're on the Eastern Connect. So we all share power. We all share uh, the uh, grid uh, with what's going on as far as electricity. The Western states, uh, they share their grid. And then Texas has siphoned off themselves and uh, kind of seceded. They talk a lot about seceding from the union, but they seceded with their power so that they don't have to do that. And now there's nobody to monitor Texas. So they don't have to do sort of the things like winterizing. uh, So to get their uh, electrical grid uh, ready for the winter. They don't have to have anybody monitoring them to uh, winterize and do things like that. So we're in a situation where Texas doesn't have what they need. And then two, because you're not on the grid with everybody else, you can't borrow a little power from Louisiana. You can't mm-hmm. borrow a little power from Oklahoma because you have dis- disconnected yourself from the total grid. So right. you are all by yourself because you didn't want anybody to tell you what to do with your electricity. But now uh, you didn't prepare for the worst case scenario. And now uh, something that really wouldn't, it, it was cold. But it wasn't crazy cold where they just have to lose power for days and days on end. Like, it's going on four days now. And this crazy. Some people have been without power since Sunday. And I can't imagine it it being cold and uh, it being frost in your house. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. See, I have a lot of friends and family that are in Texas. So, just uh, one thing that we just got to watch and just got have our best wishes and hopes and prayers for them because uh, they're in a situation that their government has put them in uh, because they wanted to be greedy. Yeah, wow. Everybody Mad Live podcast, leave your comments. Let us know your thoughts as we move on. After being impeached for a second time by the House of Representatives for inciting a riot at the Capitol, attempting to overturn the 2020 presidential election results, making false claims of election fraud and threatening election officials, Donald Trump was acquitted. Can you believe it? The Senate voted 5743 to convict Trump of inciting insurrection short of the required two thirds required by the Constitution. Now, said you are the political dude. That's your specialty. What does that mean for Donald Trump? I mean, I guess the Senate issue, the, the uh, quitting him in the Senate just means that he can't run for. Well, he can run for office because part of this, a lot of people saying, well, well, he's he's gone. So why are you still trying to impeach him? But that was the point. They wanted to prevent him from uh, being in office uh, or running for another office. So he'll get to raise funds if he wants to or if he decides to be a part of uh, any sort of political process, he'll get to uh, still do that. But 
I don't know. It's the craziest thing. Like, why y'all keep elevating somebody who lost? Dude lost the election for y'all. Like, 80 million people voted against him. And, like, we ain't never had that many people vote, period, much less vote against somebody. So it's like, why do y'all really, really want to put y'all party in the hands of somebody who makes y'all lose? Yeah, maybe that like that might be who y'all are but like he doesn't help y'all win because when it comes to, down to like when y'all have to fight against a democrat y'all lose you know what i'm saying you lost both of those senate seats in texas you lost the senate in arizona you lost so many other places that you thought you was going to win but you didn't you know what i'm saying so so i don't understand why they just uh just love to hold on to him it's the craziest thing it's, it's that, like, yeah you know, and, and again nobody's making him accountable for his actions and i feel That's like right. and i've talked about this before you know with him getting away with this past people are going to feel like they could do whatever they want to do act stupid and have no repercussions for their own actions you know and it's just getting out of control right now case in point the next story that we're about to talk about too but again i just i just feel like this just isn't a good look for trump but i know that there are a lot of charges that are against him regarding the insurrection and some other things that he's done in the past so people are saying that you know he might end up having jail time serving jail time for some stuff which you think so? Because my uncle, he was saying that to my uncle. He's he's like, I'm 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 sure he's gonna get some jail time, so we won't even yeah, have and, to worry and, about it. Yeah, and I, I guess that's what we have to think, remember because I know a lot of us like we just think about you know what he's getting off like like everything like he's just uh, like like Teflon Don. You know what? It can't nothing stick on him. Like two impeachments he's gotten past. He's gotten past the like grabbing women by the pee parts. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he said crazy stuff. He's done crazy stuff. And yeah. he never held accountable for it. So, but we have to remember the people who've been charged with holding him accountable has been Republicans. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's been Republican senators. It's been Republicans in the Congress. So mm-hmm. when people have an opportunity to hold him accountable, he loses. He lost the election. He helped his people lose the election in 2018. He's mm-hmm. probably going to help them lose in 2020. But also, we have to remember your DA down there in Fulton County, the Fulton County DA, she's going to get on him about his phone call to, to Brian Kemp and to Rafsky Perger right. about uh, trying to change the election. So he's mm-hmm. going to have some charges down there in Atlanta. He's probably going to have some charges uh, elsewhere uh, uh, where like people have tried to do some stuff. So I guess that's where we just have to wait. We just have to trust that the justice system is going to hold him accountable because those Republicans won't because they represent so much of who he actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens especially because I know that um, this whole situation, he actually, Trump dragged Mitch McConnell on Tuesday because, you know, because Mitch actually voted to acquit Trump. Yeah. So right now it seems like the Republican Party is kind of divided, you know, and and, and that's why they, that's why they're not going to win with anything. Here's a part of uh, Mitch's speech. There's no question. None. That President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. No question about it. Where, where the lie at? Where the lie? Right. Right. Where the lie? That's but, true. But he's responsible, but you vote to not hold him responsible. Right. What? Make that make sense. Like, like you make stand, up and stand up on your holy high horse. Yes. Uh, the president is responsible. He's morally responsible for the, like, like you're telling me all this, and yeah. then you both did not hold him responsible for what you tell me that he's responsible for. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that doesn't make sense. And that's why people get so frustrated and mad because we put you in these positions to go represent us, to go fix stuff. And when there's clearly stuff that's wrong, you still don't do it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's like, it's the craziest thing that we just have to keep going through just 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 craziness with our politicians it, it, it's just 
Mm, it's the craziest thing. Man, it's ridiculous. Let us know your thoughts on the Everybody Mad Live podcast. As we represent for money, everybody's always trying to get money, and this is the Money Matters edition of the Everybody Mad Live podcast. Right now, our first guest that we're going to bring on this evening is talking about financial and wealth planning. She is an amazing woman. She is my financial advisor right here out of Atlanta, Georgia, and she is the CEO of Avery Financial Services. Here is Miss Diana Avery. How you doing, Miss Avery? Hey, doing great. How you guys doing today? Hey, good, good. Thanks for joining it's us. Good. Ms. Avery, it's good to see you. Always good to see you, Mr. Kenya. Yes, yes. <laughs> you guys always. do your thing. Love the show. Thank you so much. Well, briefly tell everybody about your background in Avery Financial Services, Mrs. Avery. Okay, yes, thank you. Well, lived in New York after college, did go to Virginia Union, and, and after Virginia Union in Richmond, went to New York City and worked on Wall Street for a little while, started at Dean Witter. If you're a certain age, you probably wouldn't know that company, but uh, we were in the World Trade Center. Thankfully, we I was I moved here to Atlanta before the bombing and everything and the, you know, the um, you know, the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center. Mm. So I once I came here, was always wanting to get into financial planning and had an opportunity to do so at first through a company called Primerica. You guys probably have heard of them or familiar with them. They gave me an opportunity to get licensed because you do have to be licensed to become a financial planner. And when I lived in New York City, I didn't have that opportunity. Even though I walked, worked on Wall Street, it was very few minorities in, you know, that was as a financial planner. We could be assistants, but we weren't really financial planners. So I worked for Primerica part-time, full-time. That wasn't working out. I found out that it's very hard to get good help if you're paying someone. So, you know, Primerica is a company that you don't really pay them. You just try to motivate them. So, you know, that was definitely even harder. So after that, went to work in the, with um, Citigroup at the time, and then went on to Valic AIG, where I served in the education markets, helping educators retire successfully. And that's where I had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Kenya Kabeen's uh, lovely moms, the counselor. And from there, worked um, about 15, 16 years in the education sector, helping educators again retire successfully. Uh, also did some colleges, Morehouse Bellman. That was a pleasure helping, right. you know, the professors very, very dynamic people, just learning a lot, just love the relationships that was built there. But it was time to step out and become an independent financial advisor. Because as you guys may know, when you work with a company, they limit you on what you can do, mm-hmm. how you can help the people that you want to help. Everything is what they tell you you have to do. So after about 16 years, I was led to step out and start Avery Financial Services. And that's where we are now, four years into Avery Financial Services or AFS. Nice, nice, Miss Avery. So um, we're just uh, exiting. Well, we we haven't exited, really. We entered into a new year that's still a part of a global pandemic, uh, changing a lot of people's financial uh, situation and that sort of thing. So I know with your clients, obviously, uh, a lot of them were scared. Didn't know what really what to do. So what's what might be one common thing that you might have told them uh, that they might need to do to manage their money during this pandemic? Yeah, this was a very interesting time. A lot of uncertainty for a lot of us. The big thing is if you had set up things properly, then this shouldn't have had affected you 
the way it may have affected others who may not have that emergency account. So I think with this pandemic, it allowed people to see how very important it is to really put away a little bit of money. I know that I've been working with people. They say, well, you know, you know, you may not know my situation. It's too hard. I'm just trying to make it going on, going on, going on. But I really say that if you just save a dime out of every dollar, you'd be surprised how it can add up and that you really can save a little bit of money. So I think during this time, it showed people how to really prepare their finances and to think long-term and not spend everything today. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good, Miss Avery. So let me ask you something. I get a lot of messages on social media about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and stuff of that nature. Uh, what uh, cryptocurrency and stocks? What versus stocks? What would what's the difference, and what would you recommend? Yeah, that's a very good question. And you know, I think when it comes to investing, I think most people realize they have to have a why first. Right. You have to decide what it is. What is the reason that you're investing? So some people say, well, I think that maybe I'll buy some cryptocurrency and I'll get in low and maybe the price will go up real high and I make a lot of money. Right. And that's the same thing. They may think of stocks, too. You may have heard about the game stock soccer. You know, people jumping yeah. in and trying to see if they can ride that. I bought some. You bought some. All right. I, bought some. I, think, I think I lost about $13 at the end of the day, though. Okay, so you got in way back then or something. So that's good. But yeah, so I think it just depends on what the goal is. You know, I was sharing with my husband, he actually had the same question. And with cryptocurrency, I think that is something that will be here for the future. But I think right now there's a lot of bugs to get out. At least that's my opinion on cryptocurrency. But I think that if I myself maybe was 20 years younger or 25, 30 years younger, then I think it may be a a, a wise investment. But right now the price is really high, higher than uh, you know, Amazon. So it could be a difficult time to get in it. But myself, my thought, my take is just wait until they um, get the bugs out of it. So stocks is always good. They've been proven. But again, just have a game plan what it is that you're trying to achieve because you know you do have tax ramifications so on and so forth and really stocks are for the long term there's a difference between investing and just trading and with game stock and stuff a lot of it they were doing a lot more trading than investing mm-hmm. so let's so let's talk about that in um so the, the difference mm-hmm. between trading and investing um because um from my standpoint and, I, and i'm just new to it so um mm-hmm. My experiences is as much as you'd see uh, somebody uh, with Robinhood app. I have the Robinhood app and I have the uh, Stash app. Um, so I have both of those apps. So I'm doing a little bit of uh, micro investing. I'm not doing a lot of it. Well, no, I'll take that back. I do have a Fidelity account. Um, so I do have some uh, major trading with that. So I do have some things there. So, But I don't know what I'm doing. I have no clue what I'm doing, but I knew I needed to do something with this. And I knew that uh, like the fact that all this money was going up and stock money stock markets were continuing to rise even with President Obama and now through President Trump's four years and now through Biden's first uh, month or so or whatever stocks continue to grow so like in my mind it said I don't know what I'm doing just get in there and figure out what it is and just ride it until you do figure out but like what's the better game plan uh, if you want to kind of maximize using that as a pathway to financial freedom 
Yeah, that's very good. And I think it is very important to seek professional guidance because we all need professional guidance. The best have professionals. Tiger Woods has a coach, right? As a professional advisor. I heard someone say that before, and I think it's very important that professionals hire professionals because you don't spend that much time in that particular field or something. So it's a good thing to have something put aside. It is a good thing to maybe even want to learn a little bit more of what you're doing and get your feet wet, so on and so forth. But again, just knowing that what is my goal, what is my plan, and I think you should buy for the long term, not for the short term. And when I say long term, I really mean 10 years or more, preferably at least five, but 10 years or more. So you think of things like the GameStop. If you think it's going to be around for 10 years, then that may be something you want to buy. You know, but if you're just getting in today and you think, well, six months from now and I can make a whole lot of money, well, it, it, it's probably not going to happen. It's, it's probably right. going to be taxes and stuff uh, that would eat into those profits. Mm-hmm. And that, okay. that kind of represents the difference between an investor, somebody in it for the long term, versus a day trader, which is someone trying to what essentially scout profits off of uh, buys and sales. Yeah, time in the market, so on and so forth. And that's their job. You know, it's not saying that a day trader doesn't do a good job with that. But a more, a, a, most of the time, they spend all day doing that. That is their job. And it is a learning experience. So that may be what they do to build wealth is do some trading. But there could be other ways, too, if you don't have that particular type of time. Okay, Ms. Savory. So that you said that you have to have a game plan. People should also make sure that they put money aside. But in your opinion, what is the best way to obtain financial freedom? Because everybody wants it. How do you obtain financial freedom? Oh, that's a very good question. I love that. I would say really stick to the principles that work. Stick mm-hmm. to the and tried and to also those have who have come before you that have done it and what they say people like Warren Buffett and stuff is you're investing for the long term you invest in things that you believe are going to be here for a long time don't look at the get rich quick type of schemes you know Warren Buffett said he doesn't buy any of those you know marijuana is like you know not saying you can't buy marijuana company but I mean he buys things that he I got thinks weed <laughs> that's really going to be there for a long period <laughs> I think a good way of building wealth is making sure that you are paying yourself first, that you have a purpose, that you have a goal, and you just continue to work the plan. Don't get, don't look at the get rich quick schemes. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, if, well, we're talking with Diana Avery of Avery Financial Services. Uh, leave your comments down in the uh, comment section. Uh, if you have some comments for the show, we'll make sure uh, we can uh, put those in there. Uh, but um, as we're talking about this, um, uh let me phrase it this way. Okay. Um, wills and trust and that sort of thing. Um, le- like, let's say I didn't have anything. Like, like, let's say that I'm just a uh, single Cedric with no dependents, nothing of value. I do have value, but uh, let's say I didn't have any assets. Let's say that I didn't have anything to leave or anything like that. Uh, is it important for me to get a will if I'm not leaving anything to anybody? Yeah. Very good question. I think that's something that everyone should have, even if you're single, because most people may say that, well, I don't have anything or majority of my assets or any investments or anything that I do have has a beneficiary. But you also have to think about the people who would inherit one for will Things that you don't think are valuable can be valuable to someone else. Like I've seen, and you may have even seen or even heard, where a person may get into an argument over a fight over a car. 
you know, mm-hmm. so maybe you could put it in the car. I'm going to leave this to someone. Or you've already had a nice watch or something. You may say, no, nah, nobody wants this. My mother said that one time. She had those silver bracelets. Remember the silver bracelets with the fists on it? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I don't think anybody's going to want that. They're not going to want that. I said, but you know, they may want it just because you took the time and said, I would like for this grandchild or this child to have those particular bracelets or something. So that is something that everyone should have. It just makes things so much easier and sweatlessly. And thanks for saying that also, Seth, because I really think it's important that we tell each other or tell someone or write it down somewhere what your wishes are. Mm -hmm. There have been so many families who have big disputes or, you know, not even talking to one another because one person says, well, if someone is sick, they should continue to give them life as long as they're breathing or give them a chance. And one person may say, I don't think so. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. that person may want it to go. So I think it's very important for the peace of those guys so they can live together um, afterwards to really just take time and write down your wishes. And I promise you just doing that is not going to, you know, make you die or anything. Oh, you know we superstitious about that. Because you know some of the best didn't do it. Aretha Franklin didn't Aretha do Franklin. it. Prince. You know, Prince. Prince Brown was still settling his estate, so on yeah. and so forth. Prince. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very important, particularly during COVID. I think this may have given people a little bit more sensitivity to putting the affairs in order. Wow. Dynamic. We're joined right now by Miss Diana Avery of Avery Financial Services. I got to ask you a couple more questions. We want to ask you a couple more questions before you leave. Uh, IRAs and money market accounts. Uh, Can you explain the difference between them? Why are they so important to have? Yes, uh huh, definitely. Yes, you need definitely a money market account is something just like a savings account. We think of it as a holding account. You don't make a lot of interest on it. And right now you probably won't make any interest on a money market account. But that's not the money market's function. It's there for an emergency. An emergency, as my husband always tells me, is something that you know, you definitely can't touch unless it's a dire emergency. So you really should have that. It'll give you peace of mind, so on and so forth. Start small or whatever, $100, keep putting something aside, do that $5 a day savings challenge. So you build up enough to have at least three months of expenses in a that money market emergency account. So your expenses are, if it takes you 3000 a month to run your household, you should have at least 15000 in that money market account. Wow. And then after that, invest in your IRAs and your retirement plans at work, 401ks, 457, 43Bs, whatever that may be, because then you're investing before taxes. So you're cutting out the tax man. You're doing a little bit like... You know, wealthy people do. They don't want to pay more in taxes than they have to. So you start at your, you know, your employer plan is simple, it's easy, it comes off the top, and then you get that tax break too. But if an emergency comes up, you don't have to take out a loan on that 401k or that IRA. Can't take out a loan on an IRA, but you know what I mean. But at that time, you now have an, your emergency account set aside so that 401k, that IRA can, can grow. So you mm-hmm. can help build that wealth. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was thinking um, 
some people have a different sort of uh, pathway to financial freedom. Uh, mm -hmm. Like they take a couple of dollars every day to go play the lottery. And like by no means am I saying don't play the lottery or am I saying that I am offering any sort of financial advice? I'm just asking a question. But um, okay. say uh, someone inherits a large sum of money, either um, from a lottery prize or from a life insurance policy after uh, someone died or whatever. Uh, what what would a recommendation for you uh, to be? Because if I want some money, like I'm like I'm getting a mask and and I'm oh, and I'm uh, and changing my identity. Uh, that's that's what I'm gonna do if I get any I'm sort of money. But okay. what 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 would be your first kind of step that you would tell someone mm -hmm. if they got into that situation? Yeah, definitely sit down with a professional. Mark, you know, just write that down what it is that you want to do where you see yourself what you want life to look like for you and your families before you do anything and even sometimes before you even take the proceeds because there could be tax ramifications that could be a little better and everybody's situation is different so i definitely say sit down with a professional and make sure you invest something first before you do anything else because i have heard a lot of people come into an inheritance and they say, hey, they have very good tensions. They said, hey, Diana, some such and such passed or I sold the house, I'm gonna get this and I'm gonna invest that. And then when they get the money, they don't do it. And it's very important to just go ahead and do it because you'll be so happy that you did. And um, just real quickly, I'm gonna give you a good point on that. I did have a client one time, she was 45 and she stopped working for her employer. And for five years, she tried to figure out how to get that money out of that account. The way her employer set it up, she couldn't get it till she was 65. So she tried to figure it out for five years. She you know, thought she was gonna die. But I told her, when you get 65, you're gonna be so happy that they didn't allow you to get that right. money. See, she made it all those years. She was trying to figure it out. So when you think that you cannot make it, the bottom line is you'll be surprised. You can. You can really make it. So you really want to put something aside, save something, and then we will not only be free to vote or whatever, but now we'll be economically free. And nobody can touch you you're economically free. This is LeBron James. He'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for real. Everyone, this is Mrs. Diana Avery. Thank you so much for joining Thank us this you. evening for the Everybody Mad Live podcast, the Money Matters edition. You are, when I tell you, you've dropped some gems, and I always enjoy talking to you because I always learn something in every conversation we have, whether it be over the phone, text message, in person. I just really appreciate everything that you do. Can you tell people how they can get in contact with you? Okay, yes, yeah. And just for your show also, I am going to offer the first seven people to get in contact with me. We will have a complimentary, a 45 minutes complimentary financial consult and financial plan. So they can either get in touch with me at www.averyfinancial.com or you can give me a call 678-595-4835. That's my office. Or again, AveryFinancial.com. Everyone, this is Mrs. Diana Avery. Please tell the family I say hello. I see a lot of people are checking in, giving you shout outs in the chat. You have a lot of fans okay. out there. Oh, Ms. really? Avery. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Thank you so like much. You. Take care. Stay sure. blessed. Mm -hmm. That was great. Said, did you get that information? Because uh, that's a free consultation right there, brother. 
But yeah, like that was good. That was definitely good. Man, just great information again. Don't forget to leave your comments. I see a lot of people are checking us out. Shouts out to everybody rocking with the Everybody Mad Live podcast. Tell a friend, spread the word, like us, do all that good stuff, and make sure you check us out every Thursday right here live at 8 o'clock as we proceed to give you what you need this Thursday evening. Remember Central Park, Karen? A little bit. Yeah, that was the white lady that tried to ruin a black man's life by lying on him, saying that he was threatening her life. Well, her name is Amy Cooper, and her privilege has gotten all charges against her dropped because she completed a program intended to address racial bias. Now, the DA said that because she didn't have a criminal background... She was actually ordered five sessions with the therapist to educate her on why she was wrong. And according to Central Park, Karen, the therapy session was a moving experience and she learned a lot. <laughs> I bet it moved. <laughs> I bet it moved. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you think about it, bro, the only thing she lost, she lost her job. Uh, she, she, Her dog, uh, she lost her dog. Yeah, but then they brought the dog back to her. They gave the dog back to her so she could move on with her life. You know what I'm saying? Now, I thought about this, you know, even like with, you know, like this story and everything like that. A lot of people are upset because I was upset. I was like, yo, her privilege got her off with inactuality. The brother who she falsely accused of threatening her didn't want to cooperate with prosecutors because he felt like public humiliation was enough. So it's like, you know, really... It's because of him that she got off because she needed to get jail time because had there not been any kind of recording of this situation, this dude would be locked up. He would be dead or, you know, it could be it could be horrible for him right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's five sessions. Is that enough punishment, bro? Because I don't think so, man. She really needs jail time. Let's play this out and say that we don't have any uh, video evidence. Let's play it out and say that, you know what, uh, we come on this and she successfully calls the police and the police arrive on the scene. White lady with a dog. Black man with whatever he had, whatever. Right. And so, like, whose version of the story will be believed uh, once those police get onto the scene at Central Park? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, that's my thing is that, like, he would have gotten, at worst, ticketed. At best, probably arrested because she said she felt threatened. Anytime a white lady say, that, say she feels threatened with a black man, like, it's curtains. You know what I'm saying? So, like, my thing is... Had he gotten arrested, he wouldn't have gotten five psychotherapy treatments to get out of his arrest. You know what I'm saying? Like he he wouldn't have gotten to uh, be able to benefit from uh, just going on with this because when you get arrested, it follows you. It's on your criminal record. So now when you're trying to get a job, when you're trying to get an apartment, when you're trying to get anything, you know what I'm saying? It follows you. So like, no, five that five sessions of psychotherapy treatment, no, nah, that that ain't even remotely similar to what he might have gone through had she been successful in what she was trying to do, which was call the police on him. Yeah. Sean Thomas says no legitimate company will hire her now. Public humiliation isn't bad. I don't know, Sean. I feel like I feel like she needs more. I just really feel like she. I want people needs to go more. to jail. I want people to go to jail, jail, jail. Like, like, like. I just don't feel like people are held accountable uh, until they get some sort of actual consequence to where, like, it is actually a consequence. Like, for example, uh, and 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 maybe we'll talk more about this uh, in the future shows. But the Capitol riot, January sixth. Security cameras and the FBI had said over 800 people were seen inside of that building. How many people have they sent out any sort of arrest warrants or arrested or taken them in the custody? Ask me how many. How many, said? Out of 800, how many? How many? About 200. Mm. So, 
you can't put like you can't even do the basic like basically at worst they should be uh like like what like you trespassing 800 people should have trespassing at worst and y'all ain't even did that so that that's the frustration is that america doesn't know how to hold white folks accountable because they can do god knows what they could do what they want to do. And and so, so, so Sean, you know, when you say, well, no legitimate company will hire her, but guess what? She's a white woman. She's a white woman. She gets, she gets a pass because of her privilege. Somebody's going to give her a job. I don't know. It'll be all right. Yeah. She, she going to be straight. She going to be good regardless. You leave us. Your room, and, and Sean, we appreciate you checking us out, bro. Uh, and that's what we like. We like people that can, you know, have an opinion and we can have a debate. So thank you, brother, for checking us out. Leave your comments. Let us know what's up as we continue with our Money Matters edition of the Everybody Mad Live podcast. Really appreciate everyone rocking with us. Right now, we're about to have an in-depth discussion about real estate investing. He is an amazing, amazing brother, has so much knowledge. Every time I talk to him, I'm very enlightened and I get gems, just like so, so many gems of wisdom from talking to him. He is the CEO of JMT Contracting and Investments, LLC, and I call him my big brother from another, Mr. Simeon Thomas. What's happening, man? Brother King, how are you this day? Hey, I'm think? good. Look, hey, look yeah. at that. All in professional, bro. brother Kenya. That's I love drink wine day or whatever. Next, what, what, what is it, Kenya? National drink wine day or something? National drink wine day. <laughs> Mr. Thomas, you don't have your wine with you. You're not a drinker, are you? Man, I I, I, I sip on it from time to time. I there sip it on is. Me <laughs> I have to relax the mind. Hey, Mr. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. Give everybody a little bit of information on yourself and your background and uh, JMT Contracting and Investments. Absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me on tonight. Um, it's truly a pleasure. Um, really, things you know, Kenya says started for me. I am a Georgia native uh, who graduated from Georgia State University um, with a background in economics and finance. Um, my role really started, you know, I was part of a real estate investment group uh, for a brief period of time. And then really I decided, you know, you know, it was more advantageous for me to venture off on my own. So in 2002, you know, I established my company and I named it after my son, which is called JMT Contracting Investments. Really what those three letters stand for is Jordan Malone Thomas. Um, and really just to manage my personal properties I had bought, right, as part of this investment group. But what I really found out um, where I, I got those gems that you guys stated was that after I started my company and went off on my own, a lot of individuals from the investment group um, needed my support. You know, they either needed me to get them out of a situation or um, they just didn't know how to get things started based on their existing properties. So from that, you know, I, I kind of became, uh, you know, a blessing uh, in disguise because I, for the last 19 years, I became a household name, especially in the, you know, in the metro Atlanta area, uh, where I really focused on my main areas of focus have been, you know, real estate investment consulting, uh, and investment property uh, rehab specialist, uh, and really a property management liaison. And, 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 and I had to look at that because ultimately, you know, I was so excited about the real estate business uh, in my younger years. And, you know, I wanted to be a part of the man's club. You know, when you're in your early corporate America days, um, you wanted to really be a part of the water cooler conversation on all these different investment opportunities that, that others were in. You know, I used to always hear about real estate. I used to always hear about stocks and, 
And, you know, I couldn't have those conversations. So, you know, this gave me an opportunity to have those conversations, but better yet, it gave me an opportunity to diversify my portfolio because ultimately I wanted the ultimate retirement plan. And that's really what it ended up being. I wanted that ultimate retirement plan, but I also wanted to leave a legacy behind for my son. You know, that was important for me. Um, I wanted so many of us as African-Americans, we, we we don't leave those legacies or we don't leave a foundation for you know, our kids or other loved ones to build on. So this was really my way of getting back. Nice. So I um, I told you when we uh, kind of spoke during the uh, testing uh, uh, that I'm really excited about this, this uh, opportunity because uh, this is part of... I guess my grand scheme of exactly what you're talking about is that I don't want to work for nobody no more. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. So uh, obviously uh, we talked a little bit with Miss um, uh, uh, Diana about um, part of investing in uh, financial planning in that stage. So I'm doing some of those things uh, from stock markets and investing and doing things like that. But as I was telling you, I think my next step, my next stage uh, I want to be is uh, real estate investing. Um, so I so I even posed this question out on uh, Facebook and a lot of people was like, oh, Lord, you don't want to be no landlord or nothing like that or whatever. But uh, what would you say to somebody who is on the cusp of thinking about I, I'm a first time investor? What would you tell me um, that I need to do to get started in the real estate market? No, Sid, I love that question. And I always tell people, you know, you can't be scared of opportunities. And the first thing that I would always tell anybody to do if they're really seriously interested about in, in investing uh, it's called homework. <laughs> you know, we as kids, we always, you know, our teachers should always give us homework and we get frustrated because we got to have homework. But it pays off in the long run. You know, when you're starting to look at your own uh, personal interest. Right. And really how it it, 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 it it builds your lifestyle. So it's homework, more homework and much homework. You never stop doing homework. And I have a kind of a task list, a checklist of things that you need to think about if this is a direction that you want to take. Right. And really, everything starts with you. You know, it starts with you and it starts with your level of tolerance. In order for you to kind of identify what that level of tolerance are, I want to give you kind of maybe, you know, you know, maybe 11 things to kind of think about if that's OK. Uh, first thing you got to think about is you have to ensure that you interview a real estate broker uh, with a familiarity of that area that you're interested in. I call that your first line of defense, right? You got to know what you're getting into and the best locations to be involved in. Also research investment loans that meet your criteria. That I call planting your seeds for uh, your return on your investment. A lot of people, you may hear the word ROI, right? That's really that acronym for what it stands for. And then the next thing is, Perform a fair market rental analysis. You'll hear these words again, the acronyms of FMR. Um, that's called building your financial framework, right? You got to know really what the property is going to rent for, you know, even as you're starting to build your loans and meet with some of your professional individuals, right? You want to make sure that you are doing your own homework so you can talk that walk. And the other things are, you know, when you start to look at, I call these things the goodies, right? These are, start looking at your amenities, right? Because amenities are very important in regards to how you're going to attract specific clientele. It's all about location, location, location. You always kind of hear a lot of your real estate professionals say that. That's very important. And really what it means for those locations is what, what's going to be inside the home that's going to be advantageous or it's going to really trigger that particular uh, client to want to come to rent from you. Also, what about the subdivision, right? What are the amenities within that specific subdivision? And also, what about the surrounding area? 
So, you know, you got to think about certain things that are going to be advantageous to a very good rental experience. And, the, and really around that fifth, fifth thought is building what we call a mock profit and loss statement. You have a right to just go in and start to look at your money and identify, well, here's my top line. Here's my gross income. But once I actually add all my expenses in of what I'm what I'm anticipating, then what's going to be my net operating income when it's all said and done? Am I going to meet those profit margins that I anticipate I would? Or am I going to show myself more in the red or am I going to be in the black? Yeah. And then the next thing is your crime statistics, right? You don't really want to be in an area, right, where you can't, where there's always going to be heavy crime because that's going to affect your retention rate of your, of your yeah. specific clientele. Yep. And also schools, right? Think about the schools. So, you know, you always hear education is key. A lot of times for the majority, you know, you want to find a nice family that's going to come to your home, but they're going to want to know about the schools in that community. You know, education is key for their kids. Then yep. think about your appreciation of the property. You always want to think about appreciation. Is your property always going to continue to gain growth? Right. Is it going to be worth something as years go by or are you going to have a lot of volatility? Right. Where you're going to have to find a lot of times where you're fighting depreciation to keep that property, the value of that property above water. And then you think about the socioeconomic factors within that area. Okay, who drives your market? Who are who's your target audience? there? Is it the millennials? Is it the baby boomers? Is it the white collar, green collar, blue collar individuals? So you've got to put that socioeconomic influence in there. And then the demographics. Okay, do we have gender, uh, your race, your age and your religion? And then the final thing I would probably leave you with that thought is benchmark your marketing strategy. You have to reevaluate yourself. So reevaluate yourself and say, why should someone buy or rent a property from you? Because you got to have a customer focused mindset when you're going in mm-hmm. and you're preparing to get into that world of investing. Mm-hmm. Wow. You just taught a class like <laughs> get out of here and go to go go to your local college and, and collect some tuition because that was a class and I'm so mad that I couldn't keep up with the notes, but we got it recorded. So I'm going to chop this up. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, Mr. Thomas is the truth. He is definitely the truth. That's why I always enjoy talking to him. And I, and I really like it because you are always in the community. You're, you're definitely for us as African-Americans and improving, uh, you know, just educating people on how to improve their situation and gain wealth in the African-American community. So that's why I really enjoy our conversation. So on, on kind of, you know, piggybacking off of what you just said, what are some of the different types of real estate investment opportunities available? Because we have a lot of people, Mr. Thomas that say, well, you know, I, I, I want to invest in this house and I want to flip a house. We have some people that say, okay, I, I, I see a building that I want to purchase this and, you know, turn it into a nightclub because, you know, black folks always want to change something to a club or a restaurant. So what, what are the best ways to, to go about that situation as far as investment opportunities? Yeah, regarding real another, yeah another good question. Another good question for that. And, and you know, that goes back to that, you know, that initial conversation, that, that initial thought process of really where you want to be in this business. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to be in the short term business or do you want to be in the long term business real estate? And there's really two aspects of, you know, what types of real estate investment opportunities out there. And Kenya, I think you just you hit the hammer on the nail. Um, you know, you always hear the, the word flipper, you know, wholesaler, innovator. Right. But that's that person that doesn't really want to stay in the market too long. 
you know, they, they do want to, you know, they do want to capitalize and they do want a really solid return on their investment. But they literally, you know, want to be in it for at least two to three years. Uh, and they're looking for a pretty strong, you know, rate of return. And usually that rate of return, I want to say, is probably around 20 to 35%. Uh, but they want to buy low and they want to sell high. You know, they want to renovate. They want to put things into that property. They're going to make it uh, uh, very advantageous for either, you know, uh, another investor to want to take over that property and now say, I want the long term benefit of, of renting it to tenants or they're looking for somebody that really, really likes all of the amenities and, 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 and the new upgrades that they put into the property. And they basically want to use it as a primary residence to live in it, to raise their families and, you know, really to be a part of that community. So, you know, your 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 person that really is in the business of flipping is going to be kind of your short term person. You know, that's best mm -hmm. there. But but then you got your long term. Your long terms are what we call your landlords or your leasers. Right. These are the people that are looking at the they're looking at their investment portfolio a little differently because they want to hold on to the asset at least five plus years that's their benefit right they want to be able to basically get a a solid return on their investment on a monthly basis they want the tax benefit at the end of every year um they want to be able to maneuver with the equity within the home to advance their um their their abilities to invest in other things so so you're, you're going to see that particular individual and that individual is always just like the flipper, whether you're short term or your long term investor. They're either going to be interested in your single family homes, which are the different type of properties, your multifamily housing, which are your duplexes, your townhomes, your apartments, your condos. And also um, what's really good um, and I'm excited about is your manufacturer homes, your, your mobile homes, your module homes. Right. Those are the different types of investments when you're staying on the residential side of the investment process. So as we're um, talking with uh, Sim Thomas of JMT Contracting and, <coughs> excuse me, that's that wine. I know the wine, bro. investments. So um, we were talking about, um, um, so a lot of this is part of the uh, second stream of uh, income conversation or uh, for some a primary stream of income and that sort of thing. So now we're talking into um, obviously um, how to protect yourself as a entity um, versus uh, different things um, like LLC and S corps and things like that or whatever. So as we're going into this and thinking about this, um, what would you uh, propose or what would you think would be the best structure if someone's trying to look at in, in investments into real estate? Would they be would it be safer to just keep it all in your name and that way you ain't got to worry about where it goes? Or do you get protections through LLCs and things like that that kind of benefit you? You know, um, I smile on that question, right, because and I'm going to kind of take the high road with that one said just a little bit, but I, I'm, I'm going to. I'm, I'm not going to avoid it, right? But I'm going to take the high road. <laughs> Believe it or not, most of us, and it's just really by default when you do this, um, most people that basically buy investment properties are sole proprietors. They really are. Um, and it's and it's and it's really it's not it's not a good or a bad thing, but they have to work a lot harder to ensure that the protections are there for them, as opposed to when you become an LLC. An LLC basically comes with certain protections, right? Um, they come with certain, you, 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 you prevent yourself from any personal liabilities. 
And that's the reason because if you operate within yourself as an LLC, that basically means that if something happens between the relationship between you and the tenant or a contractor or whatever it may be, then they can only, now they can still sue you. <laughs> I want to make sure we're clear about that, but they can sue the business, right. but they cannot mm-hmm. sue you because you have separated yourself from the business relationship. You have actually alleviated yourself from having any personal accountability because you have structured that agreement, the rental agreement as part of the LLC. Okay. So, so that, so whatever he, they sue you for and they possibly, hopefully they don't win, but if they do that, then they're awarded whatever the proceeds that you have slash assets within the actual business itself. So I always say there's different levels of it. You know, you know, I'm an LLC. Um, LLC has been extremely beneficial for me. Um, You know, there are great benefits with LLCs. There's good tax breaks with LLCs. Um, But LLCs really, you know, you have your S corps, you have your corporation. So nothing is really a bad decision as it relates because with LLCs and S corps, they still have certain levels of protection. It now just really becomes a tax conversation in regards to how you want to be taxed. And what I'm going to say, you know, I'll I'll take the high road on that because I'm going to always recommend that you talk with either an accountant or a tax attorney. I mean, somebody that may have more subject matter expertise on that. All right, joining live right now, uh, Mr. Sam Thomas. One question before you leave out. Oh, we have a question. Uh, Sean Thomas checking us out. Do you recommend someone with smaller pockets and no desire to be a landlord to invest in crowdfunding real estate platforms like Fundraise or CrowdStreet? That's a good question on that one. That's a good question on that. Um, again, I'll, I'll, I'll ask that question in, in, in such a way. Um, if if you are you know if you are actually an investor that's kind of starting up for the first time and you are or you have some type of you know financial deficit uh, i'm going to always tell you it's it's very advantageous for you to kind of get with like-minded people that might have the same desires maybe you come together and form an investment you know um you know when i first started an investment group you know i was kind of green and the investment group really you know it, it wasn't for me uh, but now that, you know, there are more, I want to say that there are, there's more information available, you know, for people to come together um, to to kind of, I want to say, share information, you know, more research. You got the Internet out here. Um, you know, you always have things now at your fingertips. You know, you got a lot of your your DIY, you know, DIYs out here on YouTube that kind of makes you more of an acumen within this particular field. So I would always say now that. You know, your first line of defense is that if you kind of have a financial deficit and a shortfall there, I would always start to, you know, lobby to get some folks similar to you and, and, and see if they can kind of share that liability with you. And then look at the you know the future gains that you guys will benefit from creating a relationship. Mr. Sam Thomas joining us live right now on the Everybody Mad Live podcast. Before we wrap up, the last question we want to ask you, what is the biggest mistake that we as African-Americans make in the real estate market? Listen to the folks who don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The biggest mistake, there's a few of them, and I'll just run through them very briefly. Okay. Okay. Uh, We relax on our strategic planning efforts, you know, as as either a beginner or an existing investor in the business. Um, you know, you stop doing what got you there. Um, you don't really have an effective plan year over year. You should always be watching your bottom line. You should always be trying to find a way to improve your bottom line. Okay. 
Okay. Um, we also overlook opportunities uh, for developing what we call our asset building blocks. Um, you have a lot of opportunities. A lot of times we buy property, we, we, we upgrade, we leave our, our initial primary residence and we sell it off. I always tell people, if you're trying to get into real estate business, the first thing you do that you did wrong was you sold off the very the asset that made it easy for you to actually become an investor. Yeah. You know, you know, keep your home if your goal is to become an investor, you know, keep your home. Right. Um, and also you have the benefit of utilizing your equity. We're scared to utilize our our true revenue streams. Right. Our our, our, our homes are equities. I mean, they're, they're equity based and they're there for a reason if it's going to help catapult us to, you know, a different level. You know, so you got to want to make sure that you do that. And the other thing is solid rental agreements you know i can't tell people enough that when you become an investor don't take it lightly i see so many people that just do word of mouth agreements you let people move into your homes and you don't have a legally binding agreement with them and it makes it hard for you to really have a effective uh good financial relationship with that particular individual because you don't really have any uh, you don't even you don't have a basis you don't have a framework so when you go to court you know you kind of almost find yourself in a in a, uh, in a situation where the judge is laughing at you, mm. so those are things I would say is just very quick shortfalls that will kind of keep you you know out of harm's way or give you some thought to think about if you really want to do it. Don't work work smarter and not harder if you're starting to start this process initially. There it is from our brother, Mr. Tim Thomas. Go ahead, say it. I'm sorry. Hold on, before you go, we gotta give him the proper uh, send off because uh, some folks have been. Uh, definitely uh, shouting them out in the comments. Um, so I want to uh, make sure we uh, shout that out. Um, those um, and definitely Auntie um, giving you some uh, love as well. Uh, for, Amanda. Yep, so I wanted to make sure we uh, acknowledge that before we uh, hit you up. But uh, Mr. Thomas, uh, we definitely appreciate uh, all you've uh, brought to us. Definitely me. Um, I definitely from uh, my standpoint, I appreciate uh, the knowledge that you've given us um, on this uh, subject. It's been my pleasure, gentlemen. I want to leave you guys with something. I'm going to leave this up here, but I'm going to, you'll take a snapshot of it. It'll fit on your screen. But I tell people, and I'll leave this as a little bit of homework for your, your listeners, but this is called the Fundamental Economic Laws. This, these are the bases here. Um, and I hope I can show this everybody. But if you go by the Fundamental, the fundamental Economic Laws, there's about 10 of them. And I want you guys to do some homework, right? This is the framework for real estate. If you ever want to be a real estate investor, this is really your initial home. Read these, study these, plant these somewhere. Um, it'll keep you out of trouble. That's awesome. That is really awesome. Again, everybody, this is Mr. Sim Thomas. How can people get in contact with you if they have any questions, if they might need a, uh, information on uh, uh, property management, they might need a property manager? How can they get in contact with you? Well, they can definitely call our office. We're located in downtown Fairburn, Georgia. The number is 678-884-1350. Um, we also have a website, uh, www.jmtinvestments.com. Um, they can contact us there. Um, we're always available to um, answer questions, to, um, to, to assist where needed. Uh, we just pride ourselves with being in the community and, you know, we try to make sure that we we provide opportunities to renters uh, with second chance opportunities, right? So in other words, people have a misconception because renters might have bad credit, uh, but you can't look at it like that. That's kind of a sign of, you know, you, you don't want to have an approach where 
um, you look at a tenant like that. So we try to make it easy to let you know that there's still good tenants out there. We try to help owners and tenants breathe together. There it is. And we just flashed your uh, website on our screen too, jmtinvestments.com. Everybody, again, this is my brother. Again, I just really appreciate it. I saw uh, Daniel, he shouted you out. He said, College Park is so proud of you. I'm proud of you. Everybody is proud of you because you are a phenomenal brother. You're a great role model. And again, just as your little brother, I really, really appreciate everything that you've done, you know, like in my life. I just really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother Capines. It's been a pleasure. Look to do more and more business with you. Brother said, pleasure meeting you, my friend. Likewise, likewise. I'll definitely be, be, be in touch when I move down that way, when, whenever that is. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be moving down. But, but tell, tell Carrie and your son, I say, hey, and you know, I'm going to call mom tomorrow, you know, check in on, you know, Miss Market and everything. Sounds like a plan. You All guys right, have a blessed night. Thank you for the time. You too, man. Man, let me tell you, this has been an amazing show, Zed. Yeah, man, he could he could teach a class uh, on that well, right now. Like I, I was I was like we had a whole list of questions to ask him, but like in uh, in um, in his first answer, like he's like, well, he's he left out all the questions. He, he right. answered like, everything. Okay, <laughs> man, we he, good. 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 like we know how to do it now. This yeah. this dude is a great brother, man. Just such a great brother. Always appreciate his great energy and spirit. So uh, again, make sure that you holler at Mr. Sim Thomas JMTinvestments.com. Uh said, when you gonna move to Atlanta, by the way, bro? You said who? When are you moving to the A, brother? Why why is everybody asking me that? Like, like is it is that just sitting on my face or something? You know what I'm it's time. It's time, bro. You you did a you did a nice stretch in Detroit, bro. But I think it's time for you all to just come on down here, bro. You got family down here, south in in the south, bro. Come on down, man. How about I just had that same conversation uh, with uh, with some family too? But but it's like it's like Detroit's home. Detroit's I home. I feel you. I feel you. I understand. I still. I'm telling you, after this pandemic, man, I'm coming up to. Yeah, like that definitely has me uh, thinking different, uh, different things. And then, the, like, the, I hate winter. I absolutely hate winter. I, th- I think the only winter I liked was was might have been my second winter up here. But otherwise, I don't like snow. And like coming from as a southern boy, you know what I'm saying? Like snow excites us. Like, oh, it's white. Is it? Oh, but you wouldn't like snow up here. Yeah, I, I see. I love the winter, but I just I know that's a whole different kind of cold and a whole different kind of snow yeah. up there. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, bro. Well, we got a couple more stories. Leave your comments. Let us know your thoughts, everybody. Podcast. All right, so let's talk about your girl, Gorilla Glue. She is back in the news. Tesca Brown, she's actually threatening to sue a blogger who's calling her a liar. Now, the blogger went on social media to try to debunk Tesca's glue girl claim by spraying her own hair with Gorilla Glue. <laughs> I saw that too. Like, like it, it was, it was a whole what, like, like ten minute video she made showing how how the how the glue doesn't get tacky doesn't on your you. hair. Man, let me tell you, Jessica ain't lying. But anyway, the blogger claims that Jessica is a fraud, made up the story for clout, and made up the story for money. This girl did not lie, man. We saw her go to the doctor. We saw her with that hard head and her edges all pushed back and everything like that. Like, come on, man. This girl did not lie. I just think that the blogger who came up with this story, she's the one that's actually clout chasing. She's the one who's trying to get a whole bunch of likes. That's the world that we live in, and that's what she's trying to do. That's what it seemed like. It seemed like she's piggybacking off of somebody else's 15 mm-hmm. minutes of fame or whatever and mad. It's, uh, and and like 
I think I was like everybody else when we heard it. Like, girl, you stupid. Girl, why would you do that? Like, when we first heard of the story, I think all of us had an initial pop reaction, like a snap judgment of, of what we get. But I think once we kind of heard a little bit more about the story and kind of seen some of the pain she's going through, like, I've seen some of the interviews. Like, like it's saddening because, like, she was left to a point to where she could only reach out to social media because she was down in Louisiana struggling with her hard hair and couldn't get no help you know what i'm saying so she had to find she had to find some way to get her story out because don't nobody yeah. in louisiana know how to get glue out of hair apparently well <laughs> so she had to go and get a, a hollywood doctor so social media was important for her but but not in all fairness like 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 i think it was just her not thinking how drastic and how gluey <laughs> gorilla glue is you know what i'm saying <laughs> How about they made a uh, AI weed strain named after her? <laughs> Already? Yeah. What is it, Gorilla Glue Girl? Tessica was a Gorilla Glue. <laughs> what? I saw that on uh, IG. That's wild, man. Well, you said that she got a, a manager and everything, too, so you know she's about to ride this, I'm sure. Or, or send them a cease and desist because it like it clearly didn't look like she was uh because because they what like they used this picture of her like like it's like they screenshotted the picture and put that picture on their label for their marijuana <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like yeah tessica get get your money from them too if you're gonna send this blogger a cease and desist yeah. send this uh weed company a cease and desist too because they making money off your uh your image <laughs> oh, I'm man. just watching that video, man. That hair is so shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why she thought that. that was, I don't even know why she thought that was a good idea. But somebody said that she just got a, a head full of edges now. That's it. Like, is <laughs> <laughs> that all she got? Is edges? A head full of edges. <laughs> oh man, I'm lightheaded now. Oh man, that is funny, man. That wine that kicked in with you. We got one more story. Straight up wine. Like, like I'm. I don't even. I don't even know if it's considered gone, but like, I definitely don't feel normal. <laughs> what's up Carrie what's going on look look gorilla girl should have gone to Carrie because Carrie she's like one of the the baddest uh she does hair she's like a beautician she does hair here in Atlanta so she should have hollered at my girl Carrie but we're getting ready to wrap and, and thanks for checking us out Carrie too your husband did an amazing job on the show okay so uh one more story before we wrap things up man I don't know if you heard about this or not but Moni Slaughter claimed Moni Slaughter from Love and Hip Hop right claimed that April Jones has been dating Dr. Dre for a while. She actually just like admitted it to the whole world. Now there's nothing really wrong with what she said, but what happened was Dre has been having people call her to threaten her and Moniz has something to say about it and we got a clip. That's our Lil Fizz baby mama, ain't it? Lil Fizz baby mama and April Jones uh, used to mess with Omarion from B2K and then she went to Lil Fizz been a while that they've been together. See, I wasn't even going to ask you anything about that, but since you want to... Somebody asked me, somebody asked me, they were like, Mo, is April with Dre? Yes, it's been a while that they've been, it's not new. Um, So I've known for a while. I was shocked just because of her public announcement that she's polyamorous and that she has been with this one, this one, this one, this one, that one, that one, that one. And she was on the internet patting her puss. So I was shocked that someone as established and refined as Dre would almost wife her. But is he wiping her or they're just dating 
right now. We don't really know the. I was shocked that someone like Dr. Dre would almost wipe her. <laughs> I love Monice, man. Monice is hilarious. She is like she just talks. She says she says any she says whatever comes to her. She has no filter. She just says whatever. Just like the first thing that comes out of her mouth, she says it. Now she censored herself because she almost said something else. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we got a lot of church people watching us tonight, by the way. That's yeah. that's, that's a first for us, by the way. We got a lot of church people watching. Yeah, church people always watch. Oh I yeah, I you got. Oh, I forgot because you got your uh, big church following too. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, but then what do they say about you and your uh, vulgar mouth and everything? Well, I don't cuss on the show. That's like, it. Hmm? That's How many times I cuss on this podcast? You cussed last week. I don't remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know you don't. Yeah, we got tape too. <laughs> yeah. We'll run it back after the show. You'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 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 this is kind of crazy. So Monisa is saying that Dr. Dre has been uh sending, you know, like actually having people to call her and threaten her. And um now she's saying that, you know, Dre is an abuser and you know, I mean, but guess what? We've already known that. Dr. Dre beat the brakes off of Michelle A. Like Michelle, she ain't got no reason to lie. Dr. Dre is a shady dude, but she went, I don't know, do you have the video of Monique going off? Yeah. I don't know you, and you don't know me, and I didn't say anything negative about you, sir. <laughs> sir. You can watch the 40 second clip about what I said about you, sir. She mad. Sir. She mad. And it wasn't negative. So don't you send another mother to this phone of mine to make one more fucking threat. Monique. Yeah, Dr. Dre. And I recorded it. Wrong bitch. Wrong move, mother My you're done. I fucking recorded both your I'm trying to edit it. I thought it was the edit. That and you're you up. I'm the aneurysm, bitch. Nicole's not the okay, aneurysm. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, hold, hold okay, she the aneurysm. She's the an aneurysm, boy. Monice, tell you, man, he'll have no fury like a woman scorned, man. She is lit. She is mad, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <sighs> it's a shame uh, what's going on. But that's just Monice. Like, she's known to just just talk and just, she'll just say it. But a lot of what she says is always the truth. But I think... Dre's probably mad because he's in the middle of this divorce proceeding with Nicole. Mm -hmm. um, actually, um, I just read uh, before we got started under the show that uh, he went ahead and started paying her $2 million a month. Remember when that was uh, like a thing and we was like, oh, that's yeah. crazy. Well, temporarily until they figure out what that, that number is going to be, he went ahead and started doing $2 million a month. I think that's what he's mad at is that if Monique throws out this particular thing in there, then that makes him look even worse in front of uh, his, uh, obviously, his like his wife that kind of adds fuel to her divorce proceedings and things like that. And then April Jones, April, like April Jones, to me, like she's better than Lori Harvey, but at least she got a baby. <laughs> Lori, Harvey ain't, Lori Harvey ain't had nobody baby yet. Hey, but Lori Harvey's that chick because she got that Harvey money behind her, that Steve Harvey money, and that money oh, is yeah. long, bro. That's I why know. she is who she is. That's why everybody's like Lori Harvey. She's 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 a bad chick, and she got the Steve Harvey wealth behind her. So that's why she's Lori Harvey. That's why everybody's taking notice, and she's now with Michael B. Jordan. 
You know what I'm saying? So every female wants to be her and every dude wants to smash her. Period. You know? So that's it, man. Everybody Mad Live Podcast. We wrapping up the show, man. We had a... Uh, an amazing show again shouts out to miss diana avery of avery financial services of course my brother mr sam thomas of jmt contracting and investments uh man this is just such an amazing show thank you so much for just checking us out supporting us every week and don't forget we will be back next week with uh, more hot topics more great show don't forget uh to make sure that you like us Hit that thumbs up button and subscribe if you're checking us out on YouTube. And don't forget, you can always check us out on all social media platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, everywhere you get podcasts. That's where you can check us out. Say it, man. Stay warm up there, brother. I will. I'm real warm because I have literally no more wine. So I'm pretty warm on the inside. I took my time, man. I didn't didn't do too much. (laughs) I didn't do too much. But yo, that's it, man. Go ahead. You can go ahead and close it out, brother. Well, that's all we need to do. You said everything. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place.